you have your Bibles this evening, we're going to the book of Romans. Chapter 8, starting at verse 5. Romans chapter 8. And starting at verse 5, and it reads, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. And tonight I want to minister from the thought beyond the moment. Beyond the moment. If you would just lift your hands with me this evening. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for your precious saints that I've gathered in your house this evening, God. And Lord, I believe that you want to remind us this evening, God. That we are not meant for this life, God, but we are called to something greater. That there is a hope beyond the suffering of this life, Jesus. And so I pray, God, that you would anoint my lips, God. That you would anoint this flawed vessel to bring forth your word this evening, God. And that it would find good crown and that it would bring forth fruit in the lives of your people, Jesus. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. It is difficult for me to comprehend that we are already in February of 2024. With every year that passes, time seems to accelerate, and before you know it, we will be celebrating Christmas again. We know that time has remained constant, that 60 seconds still make one minute, and 60 minutes still make one hour, and 24 hours still make one day. But the moments that make up these minutes and hours seem to be getting closer and closer. Even as a young person, I have difficulty looking back on my memories and trying to figure out when something happened. And I seem to always end those conversations thinking, was it really that long ago? It feels like it was just yesterday. Life is made up of moments, little brief snippets of time. There are happy moments and moments of joy. There are moments of sadness and grief. Moments of celebration and moments of sorrow. As the Bible says, to everything, there is a season. There are decisions that are made in moments, and there are consequences that are felt in moments afterward. I know there have been moments in my life where something was said or done that I wish I could have taken back. But there are also moments in my life that I would love to relive. It seems to me that no matter what moment we are currently living in, We always want to be in a different moment. 
When we are young, we cannot wait till we're 18 and we're going to be free to do whatever we want and we don't have to go to school anymore. And then we grow up, spend a few moments in the workforce and want to go back to school in a heartbeat. Children want to be teenagers. Teenagers want to be adults. Adults want to be young again so their joints don't hurt and their backs don't crack. We are never satisfied with the moment that we are in. But I thank God that when I do look back over the moments of my life, through their happy moments and even the moments of sorrow, I am able to see the hand of God. I am able to see the provision of God. I am able to see the comfort and the healing of God. I am able to see the love of God throughout all the moments of my life. God has been faithful to me and he has been faithful to you. That is why you and I can be found in the house of the Lord on a February Sunday night. Because through the moments of our lives, whether it has a young life or it is an old life, God has been there. If there are some before God moments in your life that are not so great and were dark times, then we thank God for the moment when you first encountered the love and the light of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. We thank God for those moments that you decided to leave in the waters of baptism. If you are here in this place tonight and are privileged to never have a before God moment, then we thank God that he can be found in every moment of your life. And if you are here tonight, still in your before God moments, then everything can change for you tonight in a moment because Jesus is here. Throughout the history of humanity, there have been significant moments that change the perceived course of history. We know that one moment can change everything. And there was one of these moments at the very beginning of humanity. Adam and Eve were the first representations of God on this earth, the very first image creatures. They were given dominion over the animals and charged with keeping and dressing the garden. They dwelt in the presence of God and the spirit of God dwelt in them. They lived in perfection and they were perfection. All they had to do was not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God's one instruction for Adam and Eve may have seemed a little harsh. After all, God put that tree in the garden and now he is telling them not to eat of it. But that tree presented something more than just appealing looking fruit. It offered a choice that was presented to humanity. You can trust the nature of God to determine what is good and what is evil. Or you can remove God's input and decide what is good and what is evil according to yourself. In chapter 3 of Genesis, we see the temptation of perfect humanity. Satan first encounters humanity in the form of a serpent, a subtle and cunning beast. He does not cause physical pain or harm. He did not present himself as violent or as an aggressor. He just simply asked a question. And as he tempted Eve, she concedes, eats the fruit, and hands it to Adam, who joins her. One moment that changed everything. Sin was now a part of humanity. 
In that moment, humanity usurped the supremacy of God and chose to be the ones who determined what was good and what was evil. And they would have to do so without the influence of the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God could no longer reside in a vessel corrupted by sin. Their soul, no longer inhabited with a living spirit, was spiritually dead. The only remaining influence was the free will of humanity and the human spirit, the flesh. We read about the flesh in our opening portion of Scripture. Flesh is not subject to the law of God. It has no desire to be obedient to God. If we are influenced by our flesh or our carnal mind, we cannot please God. Because the carnal mind exists in direct opposition to the spirit of God. And because of the moment in the garden, we are now debtors to live after this flesh. It is this carnal mind that you and I encounter every day. But we are presented with the question, who will we serve today? Our flesh or the spirit of God? There are moments where this decision is easier. And there are moments when it's very difficult. And it's in these moments where we must make a decision just like Eve. Will I surrender to the authority of the spirit of God? Or will I live according to my own knowledge and my own desires? Every account that is written after that of Adam and Eve's depicts the continual struggle of humanity and their will to concede to carnality. And for every moment of victory where the correct decision is made, there is a moment of defeat where the flesh wins. Even the 613 commandments of the law of Moses were not able to preserve the people of God. Romans says that the law was weak through the flesh. And for years after the events of the Garden of Eden, the carnal mind would be the undoing of God's people again and again and again. All because of one moment. But thousands of years later, there is another moment. A moment where a sinless man who was God manifest in the flesh dies on a cross and a way was made for the sin that had stained humanity for generations to be forgiven, for humanity to be justified and made clean. Was the carnal mind defeated? No. But we were given access to the Spirit of God. What had once resided in Adam and Eve was made available to the whosoever will. Who, those who would see their need for a savior and cry out in repentance and faith. My carnality may still be present, but now there is a spirit that is able to overcome the temptation of my flesh. If I will surrender my soul to his spirit. We are so willing and ready to blame our weakness on the environment around us. If this person wasn't around, it would be so much easier to live for God. If I had a different job, if my family didn't do that, if I was more like this person, if I wasn't so much like that person, if I had more money, a different personality, if I actually enjoyed reading, then this would be so much easier. Well, I'm sorry this evening, but that simply isn't true. Adam and Eve dwelt in perfection. In the literal presence of God. They walked in the garden with God in the cool of the day. They lived in perfect alignment of their body, soul and spirit. And yet still, when the moment of temptation arose, 
they still fell. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 4 to 5 say, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. You can wait for the perfect conditions to try serving God, but they will never come. Because as soon as you step into that perfect environment, you take your corrupt, sinful flesh with you. And in this moment, it may seem impossible. In this moment, it may seem like a lost cause. In this moment, it may seem as though the temptation is too great. But I want to remind someone this evening that even in this moment, there is a spirit with you in that moment. There is a spirit that is available to you in that moment that is able to overcome, that is able to make you victorious over any temptation, over any situation that is able to get you not only through this moment, but go with you beyond this moment. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, which we know means freedom. Yes, there is freedom in the house of God when the people of God gather together because he is in the midst of us. But if you have the Holy Ghost this evening, then the Spirit of God is inside you and you have liberty, which means whatever moment of temptation is waiting for you outside these doors, you are already equipped to conquer. You are already equipped to overcome. You do not have to be a prisoner to your carnality, but you can have liberty. You can have victory. It doesn't matter what the devil whispers in your ear. The Spirit of God dwells in you. And that's all of the victory that you need. That's all of the power that you need. And that's all of the strength that you need. Temptation can be overcome. Temptation can be overcome. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't have to bow down. I don't have to give in. Because I have the Spirit of God inside of me. Romans chapter 1 verse 28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. In this passage of scripture, the Apostle Paul is describing the downward spiral of humanity when God is pushed out of the picture. And if we look around our world, we can basically tick off every single one of those things. The graphic descriptions of Romans chapter 1 are a direct consequence of humanity deciding what is good and what is evil in their own eyes. Without God, there is nothing that can combat flesh. 
Without God, we are slaves to our sin and carnality. In every moment, our flesh desires one thing, pleasure. It does not want to be governed by anything that would limit its ability to seek or participate in that pleasure. That's why it's so important not only to have knowledge of God, but we must allow it to affect us and change us. Because those described in Romans chapter 1, they knew the judgment of God. They knew the judgment of God. They knew their actions were worthy of death. And not only did they continue to participate in sin, but they took pleasure in it. And while that may seem difficult for us to comprehend sitting here this evening, this is a very real consequence of an unsubmitted carnal mind. First John chapter 2 verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Our flesh lusts for the pleasures of the moment, to satisfy every feeling in the moment that it is felt, to see something and have it immediately in that moment, to be recognized, appreciated, and worshipped in that moment. To never be challenged, chastised, or cheated. Even if that means challenging, chastising, and cheating others. And when the flesh wins and it gets its moment of pleasure, so often what follows is condemnation and shame. And those feelings are so strong and so terrible that we go out to seek more pleasure so we can feel something good again. And this is the cycle that the world is stuck in. Chasing the pleasures of the moment to escape the shame and dread that follows. And the only thing that can break that cycle is the power of the name of Jesus. Because Jesus changes everything. And when we encounter Jesus, the hopeless cycle of carnality is broken. And while carnality may not be removed altogether, and while there are still moments of temptation, while there are still these moments where the enemy will question the very real promises of God, hoping that we will concede to our flesh, we are now given a hope that goes beyond those moments, that goes beyond the moments of temptation. We have a hope that we can hold on to. Revelation chapter 21, starting at verse 3 says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Yes, in this moment there is struggle. Yes, in this moment there is hardship. Yes, in this moment there is temptation. And I'm so thankful that in this moment we have the Spirit of God. But you and I are not called to this moment. We do not live for this moment. We are not here for this moment. We are called beyond this moment to a hope that is beyond this moment. We have been chosen to pursue something that is greater than any 
anything that this moment has to offer. Any pleasure that your flesh might try to convince you is worth missing out. To pursue not just another moment, but we are called to pursue an eternity where the lust and temptation of flesh will no longer plague us. Because finally we will be restored to the perfection and the wholeness that we were designed for. Tonight God sees you in your moment of struggle and weakness. He sees the battle that you are fighting against your flesh. And he wants to remind us this evening that this life is a fleeting moment. You were not called to be defeated in this moment. You were given power for this moment when the name of Jesus was applied to your life. You were called for an eternity beyond this moment. Hallelujah. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot defeat your flesh on your own. The book of John says, Jesus answered them saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. It is foolish to think that we can withstand the temptation of our flesh in our own strength. If that was the case, then the law of Moses would have been enough to preserve the Israelites. But when we sin, we become servants to sin because we cannot be free of it on our own. We cannot escape it on our own. But there is freedom in Jesus. There is freedom in Jesus. If we want to make it beyond the moment, then we need to surrender to the Spirit of God in the moment. Allow the Spirit of God to set us free. Submit ourselves to His knowledge of what is good and what is evil. And understand that the pleasure our flesh is seeking may only be for a moment. But that moment will separate us from the eternity that we are promised. We cannot live for this moment. We need to live beyond the moment. And not just for us, but for those beyond these four walls that need to know that there is freedom and hope for them as well. For those who are stuck in the cycle of carnality and sin and temptation and shame and condemnation, they need to know there's something beyond that, that this moment does not have to be their life, but that they can have a hope in eternity, that they can experience a freedom from the chains of sin right now. Hallelujah. That death does not have to be the end. Death does not have to have the final say, but they can spend an eternity with the Savior who came and died for them. Hallelujah. 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 In the country of Australia, we are blessed with an incredible amount of stability. And while we each may have experienced some level of personal instability, the political and economic stability that we experience is a blessing. That unless we have experienced life without those things, we will never truly appreciate. But this stability, while it is a blessing, it can cause us to become very reliant on the resources around us rather than God. We get caught up in our moments. 
and we think that we already know how these moments are going to play out because they're like every other moment that we've gone through. We get so used to our routine and our plans that the concept that something different or even miraculous could happen seems impossible to us. This isn't just an Australian thing, it's a humanity thing. We become very used used to expected routines. Throughout the Gospels, there are many instances where Jesus is confronted by various people and groups of people demanding for him to reveal his identity. They accuse him of being the prophet Elijah or Isaiah. And when Jesus reveals who he really is, they miss it because they're not willing to accept his answer. They know the prophecies and promises of a Messiah. But in their moment, when they stand face to face with Jesus, in their minds it is more plausible for him to be a resurrected prophet than the Messiah that they were promised. Because he was not what they expected. They had it all planned. They knew what they wanted from the Messiah and how they wanted the Messiah to appear. And so when the real Messiah was standing in front of them, they missed him because he wasn't what they expected. Sometimes we take the limitations of our flesh and we put them on a limitless card. Sometimes we are so stuck in this moment and how we think this moment should play out that we miss an opportunity for God to use us Or speak to us because we are caught up in our moment. We are consumed by by whatever we are dealing with in that moment. By whatever distraction our flesh is struggling against in that moment. And we are not looking for God. Or we are looking for what we want God to look like. I won't ask for a show of hands. But I know that for me, there are some services where I walk through these doors and I've already made up in my mind what I will or won't be getting out of that service. And I become so reliant on the fact that it doesn't matter what happens in this service because there will always be another service. There will always be another opportunity for me to surrender to God. There will always be another opportunity to conquer my flesh. So I can give in to it today. But church, there will not always be another service. There will not always be another morning for prayer and for the word. One day, we will gather together as a people for the last time. Before the trumpet sounds. And there won't be another service. There will not be another opportunity to get to an altar. There will not be another opportunity for me to break the chains of sin. There will not be another opportunity for me to speak to Jesus about my struggle or my situation. And I pray that when that trumpet does sound, I'm looking beyond my moment. Because we will be in a moment. We will still have temptation in that moment. We will still be struggling in that moment. Some of us may even, be, may even be grieving or suffering. But I'm hoping that I'm looking beyond that moment. 
I'm hoping that I'm looking beyond my feelings and my struggles. That I'm looking beyond my situation. That I'm not walking in my flesh, but I'm walking in the spirit of God. That I have surrendered to God. Enough that I can walk away from whatever temptation is presented to me. When we worship God, we surrender our moment. You declare with the lifting of your hands that even though it is tough right now, there is something beyond this moment. There is something greater beyond this moment. That there is still a purpose beyond this moment. That there is an eternity beyond this moment. That there can be victory in this moment and beyond this moment. And that even though I had to drag myself to get here, and that even though I am struggling right now, and even though I feel like quitting and throwing in the towel, this is a moment, and God is still with me in this moment. His spirit has not departed from me. I can still access Jesus. So I will worship, and I will surrender to the spirit of God. I will not bow down and worship the hopelessness of my flesh, but I will lift my eyes unto the hill from whence cometh my help, and I will look for God, and I will declare the name of Jesus is still greater than any situation, is still greater than any feeling, is still greater than any temptation. I will speak victory in the face of my temptation. I will speak Victory in the name, in the face of my situation. I will look beyond my moment. I will look beyond my moment. Even if I don't feel like it, even if it doesn't make sense, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to surrender to Him and trust that He knows what is good and He knows what is evil. And I will give in to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, where sin doth abound, grace doth so much more abound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, why don't you stand this evening? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We don't know how many more opportunities we have like this. We don't know how many more opportunities we have to respond to the word of God. We don't know how many altar calls we have left. And so even tonight, if you find yourself in a moment of temptation, in a moment of suffering, of grief, of hurt, or despair, I want to encourage you this evening to take this moment to surrender. Oh, Jesus. Because whatever moment you find yourself in, Jesus is there with you. He's inside of you. His spirit dwells there. He's standing in the midst of that moment with you. He sees the struggle and he sees the temptation. 
I don't want to miss Jesus because I was not able to look beyond this moment. I don't want to miss Jesus because I was not willing to push past what I was going through. I don't want to miss Jesus because I thought I would have another service or another altar call or another day or another opportunity to repent. There may be suffering in your moment, but the glory which shall be revealed in us is beyond the moment. The feelings of hopelessness that you feel, they are a moment. The breakthrough is beyond the moment. I will not be satisfied with the momentary pleasure when I can strive for eternal glory. I will not be defeated by a moment when glory is waiting beyond that moment. I will not surrender to a moment, but I will speak victory in the face of temptation. I will speak victory in the name, in the face of defeat. Hallelujah. 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 Look beyond the moment. Beyond the moment. Beyond the moment there is hope. There is hope beyond the moment. And Jesus is with you in the moment. Won't you come this evening? Hallelujah.